Hey there, I'm Ashley, and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I am an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work-family-social-life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so much more. We think that living a healthy lifestyle is for every member in the family, from young children to adults. Everyone in the household will benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. If you're ready to learn some helpful tips for the whole family, let's do this thing. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about self-care during the holidays, and it is all about mindset. There are things we can do in every moment or in the moment each day, reactively and proactively during the holiday season to help us have and keep a positive and healthy mindset. Everyone can benefit from the tips and tricks we'll be talking about today, but we really hope this message is heard by educators. It seems that educators have an abnormally hard time with saying no. Educators not only take on their own family holiday traditions and responsibilities, but take on work and and classroom extras. They plan staff parties, secret Santas, classroom parties, classroom activities to keep their students present as they anxiously await for their long break. Teachers are also faced with worry for their students who lack, the students who may not have happy holidays, the students whose families need connections to food banks, places that can help them pay their heat bills, families that maybe won't have gifts or a tree this year. I would venture to say a majority of teachers have a very strong empathy muscle. Teachers connect with their students each year enough to call them my kids. Worrying about what may or may not happen during large breaks and tough seasons can easily wear on our mental well-being and mindset. The best thing we can do as educators, parents, and caregivers, no matter the circumstances, is to make sure our own mental and emotional well-being is top priority. We need to fill our tanks in order to better serve our loved ones. And as a teacher, parent, or caregiver, it is really easy to feel guilty to spend time on ourselves when we know there is so much to be done or that we could do for those around us. So let's really get clear about the different ways we can show up for ourselves. When our mental well-being and mindset is in a healthy range, we're less likely to lose our cool and more likely to be more creative and feel more fulfilled when we are able to care for everyone else. So let's start with some exercises and thought processes that you can do in the moment. So during those moments that we feel ourselves getting burnt out or stressed or overwhelmed, So in the moment, the big thing is to take a moment to breathe. Yep, just breathe. I do this with my kids and I do it for myself. Taking that breath or series of breaths and slowly, not quick ones, slow breaths, it does a couple different things. One of the big ones is that it gives extra oxygen to our brain, which helps us in so many different thinking processes. (laughs) I... uh... (laughs) good example. So my son Colton just had his tonsils and adenoids out and tubes put in uh, the other day. And I was the only one 
with him when he woke up from surgery and he does not wake up from anesthesia well so he was screaming for a good two hours and it didn't matter like what me or the nurse or the doctors were trying to tell him it was just like screaming straight up screaming for two hours and so obviously for as a mom that was very stressful for me mm-hmm. and um I was trying to get him to do some deep breaths because he has been doing pretty good with his um his preschool teacher has been teaching him the breathe in and like count to five and he w- he was doing that in calm situations he's even done it in a couple of stressful situations he's been in so I was trying it out with him and Ooh, he was not having none of it. And I was like, you know what, buddy, mommy's just breathing for herself right now, because (laughs) even if you don't want to do it with me, mommy needs some deep breaths. And it did Mm -hmm. help me feel better because I was kind of at the point of wanting to cry along with him. (laughs) So just taking those deep breaths really helped. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that short moment to, you know, give us a pause and we may not even be actively thinking, but it's enough to give oxygen and blood flow to the brain, which helps us be more present and in the moment. In the moment, another really good thing to do after taking that breath is to ask yourself what exactly what emotion are you feeling in that exact moment? So what am I feeling right now? Once you've named your feeling or even multiple feelings, ask yourself if you have any control over the situation you're finding yourself in. Do you have any control? What can you control? There's a lot that's out of our control, but knowing what we can control is vital to our own well-being. And then I also highly suggest writing that down or typing a note in your phone at this point. If it's a moment that happens frequently, you know, what what can you control in that situation? And it might be something that you have to remind yourself because maybe that situation will come up again. And you can think about, well, what can I control? And I think a good example of this in my own life was uh, there was a time when I had a student that reacted really negatively towards me. And I know for myself and not everybody, but for myself, I took that personally and, and got really offended and hurt by it. Like, why is she doing this to me? Why is she acting like that for me? And I think I hear those stories a lot, I think. But then this is where the taking a breath and asking yourself exactly what you're feeling. Well, I'm feeling frustrated and kind of sad that this is happening and that that this child feels like they can treat me this way. But then you have to think about it as what can you control? I can't control another person's behavior. I can't control what another person is thinking. In fact, I don't even know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. So what can I control? Well, I can control that I will be the best teacher that I can be for them. What I can control is that I take a breath and do my best to stay calm when my students aren't. Mm -hmm. And, And it's good to take that moment to remind yourself of that because it is super easy to get sucked into the negative emotions. And of course, that's not just a student teacher, you know, interaction that can be an interaction with anybody. Yeah. Other teachers or administrators or your kids at home too. I think it's Mm -hmm. really easy to take your own kids behavior to heart 
Like when Colton was screaming at me, I hate you after he woke up from anesthesia, (laughs) it would have been really easy for like, why did you do this to me? It would have been really easy for me to feel really sad and upset about that. But I, I, he's been under anesthesia before. So this is a situation that I knew was going to happen. And so I like kind of prepared myself for that. And then those words didn't hurt because I knew it was just him. You know, I, I don't know what he's feeling at that point. Obviously he's very scared and confused. And Mm -hmm. so like taking that to heart would have been just made me feel even worse. So I, I prepared myself and yeah. So yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of in the moment. That's the big thing that we can do in the moment that something's happening and we start to feel, feel ourselves just really getting tensed up, agitated, um, angry even. So then there, that, that's more of like a reactive thing, right? Something happens and we react. And so we can choose how we react. And I think that's important to mention. We can either react reactively where we're not allowing ourselves to think and be in control of our, our reactions, or we can take that breath and control what we say next, what we do next. Equally as important, if not more, is doing things proactively and doing certain things on a regular basis or even daily to help us stay in kind of that healthier mindset. And so one of those things is going over, if you've done these in the moment things where you ask yourself what you have control over, it can be helpful to go over that list every day. What are the things that you can control? Uh, journaling, which we can talk about for a very long time. And we've talked about before it helps our mindset to journal about the day. It's helpful to attach emotions to different portions of your day and figure out why you are feeling those things. So for example, if you were asked to organize a secret Santa event and you automatically said, yes, what were your feelings when that happened or right after that happened. What happened? Why were you feeling it? Was it good? Was it bad? And understanding ourselves in that way will help us navigate, you know, that event. Maybe with Secret Santa, you're not feeling it and you realize you just don't have time for it and it's really stressing you out. Journaling about it can help us realize that and help us think about solutions. Okay, I don't have time for this. Can I ask for help? Is there someone I can ask to help me with this? Or maybe even someone I could ask to take it over. Or maybe yeah. um, maybe the opposite is true and you're really excited about it. But journaling about it can be helpful and even help us in the future. So next year when you're asked to do something, you have a little bit more um, preparedness to either say, can I get back to you? I need to think about this and look at my schedule before I answer Mm -hmm. or know if this is something you like or not to be able to answer again in the future. Yeah. And I think, um, even uh, there's a lot of people I, like I've said in the previous episode and some people have really, um, taken on those people pleasing tendencies, like hardcore. And so it's like an almost immediate reaction when they get asked, Hey, could you take this on? And it's just kind of like, blah, word vomit, like comes out of your mouth. Yes. Um, 
I think it's important to say, like, if you go back and journal about this, like Roberta was talking about, and you are not feeling it, it is also okay to go back to the person and tell them no after the fact. Like, obviously, try and do it within a timely manner. Don't get like almost to the, the day before. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, you know, like. Mm-hmm figure it out within a day or two so that you're, you're giving them that respect also so that they have time to find somebody else. But just going back and saying like, you know, I actually went through and looked at my calendar. I'm, I'm, I apologize for saying yes so quickly. Um, I thought I would have time or I thought this was something that I could take on right now, but it's actually really not. So I'm going to have to retract my yes. And um, I, re- I'm really sorry for that, but this is just how it has to be. And so I think it's important to say like, it's okay to do that. <laughs> Don't feel like Absolutely. you're locked in stuff. And, and that it's okay. They may not, they may respect that answer mm-hmm. and they may lash out, but their response is not in your control. Correct. <clears throat> so it doesn't also like, I hate to say it doesn't matter, but since you can't control it, you can only control yourself, then, then you have to do what's right for you in a respectful way. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll get respect back. Right. But just know you might not, and you have to find a way to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And one of those ways to be okay with that is uh, finding time every day for silence. We've talked about this in our morning routine episodes. And how silence is super beneficial. Um, Meditation, prayer, just being silent and still Mm -hmm. allows time for peace and calmness. And uh, just you'll have to go back and listen to that episode. We talk about silence and all of the benefits it has for our body and our mind. And especially during the holidays, I think if you haven't started a meditation practice or, or time to just be still, now's the time to do it. Um, with all the hustle and bustle, we, we need, we need some calm. Right. Bouncing off of that every day, it's important to have some sort of rituals. So a morning or, and, or an evening routine that helps you prepare, uh, for your own day and help you prepare for sleep. It helps us physically and mentally. So again, listen to our previous episodes. We've, um, We've gone in quite in quite a bit of detail about morning and evening routines. Also super important, especially now, is, is continuing or starting a gratitude practice. You can go back to episode 14 for more on gratitude. Okay, so here's another huge thing that we have to do daily. And also, uh, I could probably have talked about this in the moment, but if you're not doing this daily, it's going to be harder to do in the moment. So let's talk about how to flip our negative self-talk. It's a huge way to impact your mental well-being and mindset, especially during the holidays. And it's helpful to be very intentional with the way that you talk to yourself. Negative self-talk is pretty natural, uh, but it doesn't have to be the final word and it is not the truth. So if you start to hear hear yourself thinking or saying something like, oh, great, that was stupid, or why do I have to do that? Or why did I have to do that? Or that was horrible. What the hell was I thinking? Stop yourself. 
change what you're saying, flip the script. Instead of saying, oh, great, that was stupid. Say, I just said something a little bit out of character. I might need to take some time for self-care. Show yourself some compassion. It can be hard to think of what you would say to yourself when you're already thinking negatively. So give yourself some grace and say, it's okay that I don't know what to say right now. I don't know how to flip what I'm saying right now. And that's okay. So instead, ask yourself this. If my friend just said that about themselves, how would I respond to them? Mm-hmm. And you can put your friend's name to the question. So if Ashley had just said um, that, uh, oh, great, that was stupid, how would I respond to her? I'd probably respond with something simple like, no, that wasn't stupid. You're incredibly smart and thoughtful. We all make mistakes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think that all goes back to like shaming ourselves, shaming ourselves. Okay, Sean, Sean, Um uh so like yeah like this negative self-talk is really just like shame on you shame on me for doing this shame I can't believe this um Mm -hmm. and I think I've gotten pretty good at at not doing that but of course there are those days those times that pop up where I'm like holy cow I do not like how I handled that situation and instead of like getting down on myself, I really try and reflect and just think about how, if that happens in the future, how I could handle it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good one. Also teachers, that's one that I would do with my students after, you know, you sit down and you talk about whatever the behavior was, what happened, um, what led up to it. And that was always what I would end with, um, how can we prevent this from happening again? What mm-hmm. can we do? Um, and also, if it involved another person, what can you do to make things right with them? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of instead of that negative self talk, which can be just poisonous, flipping that negative self talk and turning it into positive self talk, or or more productive self talk. Um, is something I'm, I'm working really hard on um, in my own personal journey right now. All right, so as teachers, our students' negative comments, sarcasm, outbursts can feel like personal attacks, like we talked about a little earlier in the episode. And when we find ourselves saying things like, I must not be a good enough teacher if they're acting this way, or Honestly, there may not even be any self-talk. It just might be negative feelings. You might be, um, you know, clenching and holding your shoulders up and and feeling even like not necessarily a fist, but like clenching in in your hands and jaw. Um, You may feel feelings of inadequacy or anger, sadness, um, or even whatever that emotion the student is pushing off into their, their world around them. This is where we stop and remind yourself about what you have control over as their teacher, what is in your control, what isn't in your control, their home life, what goes on in their thoughts, the class before yours, the conversations, the conversations the student has had. All of this is out of our control, 
but can easily have a heavy influence on the way our students act and treat us in our own classes. We can't even control their behavior as much as we want to, but we can control our responses. So instead of the negative self-talk or negative feelings, you can repeat this or a similar affirmation. I am being the best teacher I can be to this student. I control the content they learn from me. I control my actions and emotions. I treat this student with compassion and fairness. I, I think back to like my first few years of teaching and how personal I took everything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, I had kids that would act up in class who were like in the uh, EBD room, which is like emotional behavior disorder. So um, they have a really hard time controlling emotions, but I would take that as, oh, they hate me as their teacher. They, they just, they hate my class. They, they want to make me suffer because they're just not enjoying it when really in actuality, it's like, they just, they could not control it. And Mm -hmm. it was coming out in my class. Like, for example, the teacher before me, they had their entire year, like their entire high school career. And then they get a brand new teacher and then they had other brand new teachers. And then they had a different, this was like the year that lunches changed drastically because of the, um, I don't know, I think it was Michelle Obama's lunch plan or something. And they were just angry about that because food was not tasting the same. And so like for a kid who was in the EBD room, this is a lot of change and they don't do change well. And so I took that on as they hated me. Whereas mm-hmm. now as a more experienced teacher, I can recognize that I'm like, okay, well this, this student, and it doesn't even have to be an EBD student, but um, when I see my kids acting out in the classroom and it's not typical behavior for them, instead of like getting down on myself right away or um, getting mad at the kid, mm-hmm. uh, I pause and I'm like, okay, what may have happened? And if it's something that's like disrupting, disrupting the class, I will pull them aside. Um, I have the luxury of having like another room I can ask them to go into so that I'm not like talking with them in front of the other kids. And so then I can have a conversation with them. They usually feel open enough to tell me what's going on. And if not, and I'm like, you know what, this is really out of character for you. Do you just need a break right now? They're usually more open to being like, yeah. Um, And they'll be like, okay, if you don't feel like talking to me, that's fine. Could you maybe go down to the office and talk to the counselor? And they're usually very open about that. Instead of me overreacting in front of the whole class, it like coming out as something super negative and then it end up being like a write-up. Well, I've now just basically destroyed that relationship with that student. So this mm-hmm. is something I would say, especially for like first, like the first couple of your teachers to keep in mind that when your kids are acting out of the norm or they're acting up, it's not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many other things going on. <laughs> exactly. And to take that moment to not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also as a teacher, it's super important to set boundaries with our students. Mm-hmm. So yes, maybe they can be upset and snarky, but 
it is crossing the line to say hurtful and mean things to another human. So mm -hmm. that's where those classroom expectations and school rules would play an important role. So being clear, what is the boundary and how will that boundary be maintained? It can't be something we talk about the first week of school, never talk again and never, right. um, what's the word I'm looking for? We never kind of hold any, anyone accountable mm -hmm. to that boundary. Right. Yeah. So I think it's also important to say, like, when I do pull that student aside, then we do talk about that as well. If they've opened up mm -hmm. at that point, or if they come back from the counselor, be like, okay, so here's the deal. Like, I understand where you're coming from, but this type of behavior is also not okay. So there will be consequences if this happens again, whereas if you were to just come up to me and say, Hey, I'm having a really hard time right now. Can I go take a break? Absolutely. There is no consequence for that because you are communicating with me. And I really, really, really try and push that on them because as a shop teacher, one thing I hear from industry partners the most is that kids don't know how to communicate these days. So communication is one of those huge soft skills that I try and work with them on, because if you're not communicating with me, what it looks like is a lot of disrespect. And if that ends up going out into the, you know, after you leave high school and you go out into industry and you treat your boss like this, that's going to be disrespectful and you will more than likely get fired for that. So trying to teach them these skills and these things in high school now before they leave so that, you know, everything is all hunky dory <laughs> later on. <laughs> exactly. That's so powerful. And I think that's so valuable that Ashley, if you didn't have the self-awareness to, to take that moment, that breath, to have that positive mindset of yourself, mm -hmm. to, to not take it so personally, it would be harder to have those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and have that, that beneficial um, relationship and communication with our students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I talked about already, we can be reactive. Um, so we can react to something happening in the moment. Another way, though, that we can react is a little bit later, we can reflect upon what has already happened. We can do that um, by thinking something through, but I highly, highly suggest that it be not just thinking it through, but writing it down, typing it out, using a voice note, something that you can look back at. Because sometimes when we're all, we're in that heated uh, emotion, that stronger emotion, especially as we're reliving it, our body relives the emotion, um, we can kind of forget or miss things if we're just thinking about it. So having a way to uh, write it or, or um, again, so write it, type it, or do a voice note, that's going to be incredibly beneficial. Um, and you can do that with a single moment, a, a certain situation. Um, some people do it every single day. Um, you could even do it about the holiday season in general. So you could look back at... If you're someone that feels stressed every holiday season, 
reflecting upon your past holiday seasons and trying to figure out why you're feeling that stressed and, mm-hmm. and what you can do to not feel stressed because that's not the point of the season right. <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, talking about how to look at our year in review to reflect upon um, a larger chunk of time. So we'll dive, yes. we'll dive into that more um, in another episode. Those are ways to be reactive. Ways to be proactive. We kind of talked about that with some things we can do daily um, and to have a, certain practices in place. There's one more thing that I think is huge that we should talk about though, to be proactive. And that's in thinking about uh, situations that are going to happen. Uh, Parties maybe that we're going to go to, events that we're going to be a part of. I think it's pretty safe to say that everyone will attend a gathering where there's probably at least one person that we just don't want to talk with. What? No. I know, right? (laughs) I'm not saying every holiday gathering or every single place that you go to, this is going to exist, but there's probably at least one gathering where there's going to be someone you're just really not looking forward to having a conversation with. Or maybe it's not even a person, but maybe it's like a certain type of conversation that you don't want to have with anybody. Yes. Yes, exactly. Maybe it's that conversation you just, you worry about, you hope it won't come up, but you know, it probably will. Um, Like maybe you have a relative that tends to nitpick and evaluate every choice you've ever made in your life, making you kind of feel like you're on trial. Instead of worrying about having conversations and kind of setting up your anxiety or emotions, kind of heightening them uh, with those people in your head, which only leads, again, to further worry and anxiety, we can be proactive. We can be proactive by thinking about these things, these hard moments ahead of time. And again, writing them out, typing them, or doing a voice memo. And and there's a variation of, of of ways we can go about this depending on the situation. But you can think about, ask yourself, what are you worried is going to happen? And write out the possibilities. What conversations are you concerned about having? Write them out. What could be your possible responses or answers to any of those questions? Um, And then be prepared. Practice. How are you going to set boundaries around topics? If there's a topic you don't want to talk about, there's a conversation you don't want to have, then practice how you're going to, to respond to that. You can write out what you would say and practice it. So for example, Um, maybe you would need to say something like, um, I would love to talk with you, but I will not be talking about my career choices today. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you're around a group of people that you, and like you all have the same views, maybe it's not a big deal, um, that you're, you know, you're talking and you're figuring things out and having good conversations, but maybe there's someone that you know does not have the same views as you and you know that they're not respectful when they talk about it. And so you want to avoid that topic with them. So how would you go about saying that? Like, hey, I understand that 
we have different views on this subject and maybe we could talk about it at a different point in time. But right now I really would like to enjoy our holiday together. And I think bringing this topic up right now would kind of derail us in the wrong direction. Yeah, I like that. So going into these situations prepared will help lower your stress and anxiety level over whatever the situation might be. And I think important to note also is don't be afraid to take your notes to those conversations, um, whether you've written it down or you have you know, vo voice memos or notes in your phone. Um, I think it's completely acceptable to, to find time to review those responses. Like I, for example, get really flustered and forget what I'm going to say when I feel cornered or judged or anxious. So being able to like excuse myself to the bathroom and remind myself, how is I going to respond to this situation um, and, and feel a little bit more prepared when I, you know, take my breaths in the bathroom and then go back out into um, whatever the situation was. Practicing that and, and having that note with you is, is going to help with less, less stress, less anxiety, and just more feeling more confident and more prepared. All right, so another way, the last thing we're going to talk about is um, a way to be proactive, and that's by being super intentional with the people that you spend time with. So spending time with the people who lift you up and give you energy and joy and spending less time or even no time with the people who drain you. And of course, this isn't always something that you can follow through on, but being aware of who those people are, I think a lot of times we don't even take the time to think that through. Who are those people that lift you up and plan times to be with them? Um, and, and if possible, you know, spend less time with, with those that bring you down. And even just if you know who those people are, then you'll be able to prepare for how to set boundaries with that person if during that family gathering or during that holiday party. But you first have to know who those people are. All right, so let's do just a really quick recap of the main points that I have. So there are six main things that we talked about. One, when you notice yourself feeling stressed, overwhelmed, sad, stop, breathe, and process. Number two, every day we can be intentional with your time. Plan routines that fill your tank, like meditation, gratitude, and journaling. Three, practice changing your negative self-talk and treat yourself with compassion. Number four, be reactive. Allow yourself time and space to reflect on both the good and the bad. Five, be proactive. Plan out and think through events and conversations before they happen. And proactively plan to spend more time with the people who bring you joy. And six, we actually didn't talk about this, but it's enough, uh, important enough that I wanna quickly bring it in. Uh, allow yourself time to listen and sing along to your favorite holiday songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brene Brown in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection talks about the research she conducted. Um, and she found that those who more readily sing and dance will live a more wholehearted life, AKA feel more joy and have a fuller tank. So if you love holiday music, 
make sure to find time to listen and sing along. And also when your six-year-old tells you that she doesn't want you singing anymore, you can just tell her that she can, you know, go in a different room. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or, or, uh, yeah, she got mad at me the other day because I was singing kind of crazily. I've been doing music in the morning for Colton to wake up. <laughs> I've been kind of just singing crazily. Mom, I don't like it when you sing like that. So I was like, okay, well, I'll stop singing crazy, but I am going to keep singing. And so I kept singing, mom, stop singing. I'm like, you know what? If you don't like me singing, you can go in another room because mommy wants to sing right now. <laughs> and I would also add to that because for me, it is very important that I watch holiday movies like this. That is one of my number one things that gets me in the holiday spirit is like all the holiday movies. Like I'm seriously watching them from Thanksgiving, like even before Thanksgiving up until (laughs) or after Christmas, I I probably watch at least half of one a day. Um, And, you know, any of the, the corny ones that are now on Netflix that are like Hallmark movies or the classics like Elf and uh, the Santa Claus and Mm -hmm. the newer ones like Christmas Chronicles and stuff, all very important to me. So you got to figure out what's important to you during the holidays and your family and do those things (laughs) because usually they're super simple and, but they bring so much joy. (laughs) Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. We just watched the Santa Claus And it brought me so much joy. Like our six-year-old is finally old enough to like sit through the whole thing with me and enjoy it. Yeah. She just actually, when she was in the car with us yesterday, she told us that she got to watch that with you guys and (laughs) loved it. And I was like, oh, we need to, that's on our to-do list. We haven't done the Santa Claus series yet. So (laughs) yeah, it's our plan. Oh, we love it on repeat. I could watch that one, but Mm -hmm. yep. I agree. Finding the things that are important to you and scheduling those things in. Sometimes it is literally scheduling that in to our days because it can be busy. So making sure that's the top priority, the things that bring you joy. Yeah. Having family movie night, like every single night at our house. So, and that's okay. (laughs) You got to do what makes you happy during the holiday season. Hey, you guys, Roberta and I want to get the word out there about our podcast. So if you have anyone in mind that needs to hear it, please make sure you share it with them. But also we want to give you guys a little something. So if you share to your stories, uh, one of our episodes, it doesn't even have to be this one, but either a screenshot or like a 15 second nugget that you got out of it, share by Wednesday of this coming week and your name will get entered into a drawing for a little Amazon gift card. So help us get the word out and let's do this thing. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mama's podcast at gmail.com or the Teacher Mamas podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us.
For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.